One of the, the most powerful things you can do is build up a name. One of the most power, the next most powerful thing you can do is tear it down. And we love to do that to people. We love to, we love to build them up because that makes us, oh, that somehow we're part of that. But then the moment we have an opportunity to, we also like to tear them down. And I, I just want to encourage you whenever we have an opportunity to celebrate some people. So how many of you guys love that worship team this morning? Hey, there you go. A little celebration there. Um, I think celebration should be just be part of who we are. It's part of our life. Amen? Amen. All right. I want you to turn to Exodus real quickly. And um, how many of you guys, seven days into our 21 days of prayer, uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting, prayer night, Wednesday night was fantastic. I needed it. It was helpful for me and encouragement to me. Um, and uh, I, I hope you guys have dug into this. If you haven't started it with us, you weren't here last week, or you didn't know about it, you can still jump in. Um, we, we talked about this last week, the idea that uh, sometimes what we do is focus more on what we want to do and ra- not on who we need to become, and so we don't spend a lot of time thinking about the character of our life. We spend a lot more time talking about the calling of our life, but there's a reason God attaches us to community, because community is where character is developed. Uh, it, is, it is where you find out you aren't patient. It, you find out you don't know how to forgive. You find out that you don't like when other people are successful. Hello, am I talking to anybody? Uh, you find out that you don't like when someone else has an opinion. You don't know how to let that be a thing. And, uh, and, and so I, I just I want to encourage you uh, this year that this, this whole idea about prayer and setting some time to be still is an important part of you developing the character that God has for you so that you can walk into the calling he has for you. I have this idea that Jesus didn't just have his disciples with him so that he could show them miracles and he could just show them what's possible, but so that he could put them around 12 other guys and try to make sure that over the three years that they had developed some character, that when it got difficult and when it got tough, because it was going to be tough and it was going to be difficult, that they could keep going. Amen? Um, man, those songs this morning, it's, uh, and I'm, you know, it's funny, I, I was preparing, this happened last week as well, I like when God kind of just uh, syncs things up, I was studying Friday afternoons, which means the worship team had already practiced, uh, I think it was Friday, uh, maybe on Thursday, and the worship team was about to practice that night, um, and, and I'm looking through my notes for the day, preparing them, and, and I get this idea for a song, I thought, man, this would be cool, we'd never played it before, um, and really, we hadn't even talked about playing it, uh, and, and then I went and looked on the, the, uh, the run sheet for the day and saw that it was on the run sheet, and uh, right, right before I went and texted the, our worship team, and um, and then we played the Peace Be Still, and even while we were sitting, listening to those songs, I kept thinking of things that I needed to say and needed to write down, and, and so hopefully, I wrote down one of them, I didn't write down all of them, hopefully I remember them all, the Holy Spirit will be upset with me, because um, you know how he is. Hey, Exodus, Exodus chapter 14, Exodus chapter 14, we will have a prayer night this Wednesday night, we will give you uh, details on where that's going to be soon, so jump on Instagram for those of you fasting social media, you can text us, uh, if you want to text 21 days of prayer, 21 days of prayer, no spaces, 21 days of prayer to 555-888, the number 21, 21 days of prayer to 555-888, you will get also the location for Wednesday night, it's kind of like a secret thing, right? This is like, um, uh, but you also get encouragement through the week. So if you want to be a part of that, I would, I, I seriously would encourage you figure something out that you want to fast something that you want to, uh, you know, I, I use it as a way to remind me when I need to pray. Um, when I'm craving coffee, I need to pray. Um, when I'm making food for my sons that I can't have, I need to pray. Um, otherwise I'm going to steal it. 
But uh, I really hope you jump in. I really believe it'll set you up for this year. All right, Exodus chapter 14. You guys ready? All right, we're going to uh, read out of uh, the NIV, and uh, it's so funny because this is, I'm telling you, the last two songs that you sang, This Is How I Fight My Battles and Peace Be Still, um, are so tied to what we're talking about today, and and so I'm, I'm really excited about that. So it says, then the Lord said, to Moses. Now, let me set this up before I jump into this because I, I need to give you some context. Some of you might know the story. Some of you might not. It's okay. I want to tell you anyways. The context for the story is that the Israelites had been in slavery, uh, debated how long. There's some debate, but, but ultimately they'd been there for a few centuries in slavery, being oppressed, working hard for somebody else. And, uh, and, and really not in a good situation, not in a good place, uh, especially having known there was a promise on their nation to be something, to do something, to multiply. And so here they are in Egypt in slavery. Moses shows up. Moses goes through a couple of things, a couple of situations. Uh, doesn't handle them all perfectly. But he ends up back in uh, Egypt and, uh, and, and begins to tell the Pharaoh, the ruler of the day, says, hey, I'm going to get these people out of here. The Lord has sent me to bring these people out of here. Well, he refuses. And, and so there goes into what you might have heard of as the ten plagues. And, and eventually Pharaoh says, okay, you can go. Like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I don't want to have any more plagues. Uh, you can move on. And so he sends uh, the people on. Moses begins to walk these people out of Egypt, and they begin to walk towards what they would call the promised land where they were going to settle, and where they were going to become the nation that God had said and promised them to be. The, the, the interesting thing is at some point on the journey, Moses decided, in fact, God decided, Moses listened, which is always a good idea. Uh, but just, I want you to hear this. This is similar to Jesus sending the disciples out onto the sea, knowing that there's a storm coming, and, and, and for no real reason other than to get to the other side. It's kind of like a, a, you know, why the chicken cross the road joke. Hey, let's go to the other side, and Jesus sends them along, storm comes. This is kind of a similar situation. God tells Moses, I want you to go this direction. Moses ends up in this direction and he ends up in front of the Red Sea. While that was happening, uh, the Pharaoh decided that he was not happy that he had let the Israelites go. Pharaoh gets upset. Pharaoh decides this is not actually going to work. So Pharaoh sends his armies after the Israelites. Right? Pharaoh chases down the Israelites. Now remember, the Israelites have just gotten to the Red Sea. They weren't boat makers. There was no easy way to get across. There was no simple way to navigate this. This is not like 200 people. This is like a couple million people, and they're trying to get across this Red Sea, and here comes Pharaoh's armies. Now remember, this is a group of, this is a group of slaves. They weren't an army. They hadn't been practicing. They weren't kind of some, you know, they weren't just going to overwhelm Pharaoh's army. So Pharaoh's on his way with his army. Now maybe you've heard this story, maybe you haven't, but the Israelites were, they were against the Red Sea. Their backs were against the sea. Hey, do you like that? Um, they, they, their backs were against the water. Maybe that would work better. And, uh, and, and you just have to say it. But they, they, they had nowhere to go. And they look up, and this is what we're about to read. They look up, and they begin to see that Pharaoh's army is coming after them. All right? And this is where we pick up in the story. I think it's important to set the context for the story. Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near. Actually, you know what? Skip to, uh, I'm sorry, guys. I didn't tell you this. Go ahead and skip to verse 10. Verse 10. Can you jump to verse 10? I know it's going to take you a second to get there. Uh, as Pharaoh approached, there we go. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up. 
As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. Now that verse sounds okay. They cried out to the Lord. That sounds like the response that maybe you should have. Then they go on to do this. They said to Moses, I want you to just hear these jabs. Just listen to what these people are saying to Moses. Was it because, oh, this one's, this one's a dig. This one's a little rough. Like this one, they could have been a little more gentle, had a little more tact here. Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? Like, I feel like that's laying it on thick, right? Like that's not even, that's, that's just over the top. What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? I think it is interesting that on one hand they cry out to God, and on the other hand they are complaining to Moses. On one hand, God, you're going, God, we need your help. Pharaoh's coming. Moses, you're a terrible person. I cannot believe you would do this to us. And then this is the next line. Oh, man, I tell you what, there's, there's always one of these in the crowd. I found that there's more and more of these as the days go on. Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. That is a long way to say, didn't we tell you? I told you so. I told you, you should have just left us here. It's always after you get set free. It's always after someone does something for you that someone turns around and says, well, that didn't work. I thought it wouldn't work. I, I was just thinking in the back of my mind it wasn't going to work. I didn't say anything, but I knew it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? How many of you have done that this week? Come on now. Every, you know. I, I, I told you so. I, did you bring us out here to die? Did you bring us out here to lose everything? Did you, is this really what the plan was? Is this really what Jesus and what God set us free for? Is this what the point of all of this was? It's just to set us free so that we could die in the Red Sea being killed by Pharaoh's army. We might as well have just stayed as slaves. We told you so. And Moses answered the people. See, now, Moses, for all the things we say about him in terms of missing out on the promised land, Moses was quite the leader. Moses here stands up in front of the people after them complaining about his leadership, after they had made, made some pretty heavy comments towards Moses, basically blaming him for their future and impending death, after, after them saying some pretty rude, critical, complaining things to Moses. Moses doesn't address necessarily their complaint. He didn't necessarily address what they were doing. He, he, he kind of begins to address what they're believing I find that good leaders tend to go after not just what a person is doing, but realizing what a person is doing is often a result of what they are believing. And so Moses stands up. Where I would have stood up and been like, are you kidding me? Have you seen what I did for you? Did you not see what I did? I just brought you out of Egypt. Did you not see? How many of you know you would have had some choice words to say to these amazing Israelites, these people you had set free, these people you didn't even want to go back for? You had made your life, and then God shows up in a burning bush and says, you got to go back. So Moses stands up, and he doesn't begin to get on to them. He doesn't, he doesn't call them names. He doesn't, he doesn't remind them of what he's done through the power of God. He, he just says this. He says, do not be afraid. Because fear is what causes what you had just seen prior. Fear is what causes you to say the things uh, that, 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 of complaining and of 
of a critical nature. Fear is what begins to make you say things about people or about situations. Fear is what keeps you moving around. You ever been afraid and you start just doing whatever you think you should do, even though you really haven't thought about what you should do, but you don't really know because you're afraid right now? Anybody know what I'm talking about? There's just something, even when you get scared, when, when uh, yesterday uh, I was sitting at the house, sitting on the couch, Mary had taken, or maybe it was two days ago, I don't know, my week's been a little crazy, and, uh, and, and Kaysen, Mary had taken the boys, and the boys came back, Mary came back, and Kaysen had snuck in, and I'm sitting on a chair facing the other direction, and Kaysen comes in and gets right up next to me and goes, boo! And you know what I did without thinking, because I was afraid? I jumped, and I got out of the chair. I looked at Casey and I said, I'm glad I have a little bit of restraint because I almost punched my child, you know. (laughs) If fear gets you to do things and to react in certain ways and to to say certain things and to do certain things that aren't really what you want to do or God has called you to do or really when you look back on it aren't really the way you wanted to act and you wouldn't want your friends to act this way, but fear gets you in this place and and fear had gotten the Israelites in a place where all they could do, they cried out to God and then they started complaining to Moses. They started, they started critiquing Moses. They started saying, Moses, you, did you even know? Like, I told you this was going to happen. No, you didn't. You didn't actually tell me this was going to happen. Well, I thought about it. And Moses addresses it. He says, do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. I love that. Now, I think this is fun because Moses is looking at the people, and at some point, they're probably thinking, oh, great, he's got a plan. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. Okay, Moses. Okay, I'll be quiet for a second. Okay, what's the plan? What are we going to do? What's going to happen? You sound really confident. You sound really strong. You sound really faith-filled. Like, I'm, I'm ready to go here. Let's do this. And then this is his answer. This is what he says to them. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. What? That's not a plan. We're already stuck. Now you want us to be still. You want us to be, that's the plan. The Lord will fight. That's great. That sounds super spiritual, Moses. I appreciate that. That sounds like we're in church at worship service and someone's telling me, hey, just all you got to do. But that doesn't sound like a plan. They're on their way. The Red Sea's behind us. We got nowhere to go. And Moses says, do not be afraid. And here's what's interesting. God hadn't given him a plan yet. God has actually not at this point given Moses anything to do. He had only promised him a few verses earlier that the Lord would be there for them, that he is, his glory would be shown, that it's, it's, we're going to make it through. But he didn't give Moses a plan. So Moses didn't have a plan to give. Moses could only say, be still. So he is not in many ways addressing a strategy or a, 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 a plan or a way to do this. He's, he's addressing their mindset. He's addressing what they believe. He's addressing the idea that, hey, you need to be still. We talked about this last week. The idea of being still so that you would know that God is God and that you are not. Be still and know that I am God. It's kind of a reminder. Be still so you can stop doing all the things you think you need to do. Be still long enough so that I can be the God that I am because you're not God and you aren't good at this stuff yet. And you might never be. Be still 
And so Moses stands up, and I love this. Moses stands up in this level of faith and strength and, and, and just, a, just, a, just a total abandonment to God's purpose and to, to God's hand and God's strength and says, hey, hey, all you need to do is be still. God is going to fight for us. God is going to fight for us. Now, it's interesting, though, if you looked, again, I know I say this to you almost every week. If you look this up in multiple translations, you would see a few different ways of saying uh, this phrase, be still. Because I think for many of us, when we hear the phrase, be still, what we tend to think is we just need to stop moving. And in many ways, that is absolutely uh, part of it. But it, it speaks to the whole of who you are. It's not just be still in terms of physical motion. It's also be still in, in terms of who you are on the inside, moving too much or moving around, shaking and, 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 doing all, and just always trying to figure stuff out. And so there's, this, there's a different side of this. It's not just, hey, be still. Don't move. We're playing a game. You be still. Whoever can say this to the longest wins. And that's not necessarily what we're talking about. He says, be still. And when you begin to look it up in other translations, you begin to find out that there's a few other ways to say it. And, and tell me if this changes a little bit of what um, of what you read this verse or the way you heard this verse. Keep silent. Be quiet. Remain calm. Now remember what, we, what he's addressing. What is he addressing? He's addressing the people's what? Complaints. He's addressing the people's words. He's addressing the people's fear. He's addressing the things they are saying. And so he's saying be still. And what he's trying to do is get them to be silent or to be quiet, to remain calm. Another way, and this is maybe my favorite way of hearing this because it brings up some other things, but the, the, one of the other ways to say it is to hold your peace. If I were to title this message, I would title it, Hold Your Peace. Now, the only real place you hear that phrase anymore is in movies where they put that phrase, if you believe these two, if you have anything about these two that shouldn't be married or whatever, speak now or forever, hold your peace. Right? That's really the only place. And, and listen, I've done weddings for the last 15 years, and I've never used that. Maybe I should. I don't know. Um, but uh, uh, it, it, I've never used that. that, that and, and it's still in movies because it gives a great opportunity for suspense, especially in the ones where someone is trying to break up the wedding. So they create that moment. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Now, that, now the origin of this uh, is a Christian tradition uh, but it started because it, we didn't used to have Facebook. I don't know if you know that. In medieval times, they did not have Facebook. They didn't have text messaging. They couldn't just, like, search you on Instagram. They couldn't creep on you. They couldn't find you, right? They, 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 it was like you would go from one village to the next village, and nobody knew who you were. And so there were some fellas who thought it was okay to go in one village and marry somebody and move to, on to the next village and marry somebody else because ain't nobody know. There's nobody, nobody's looking them up on Facebook. Nobody's looking them up on Instagram. Nobody's looking up and texting friends. Have you heard of this dude? Do you know who this guy is? Uh, there's none of that. And so they don't know. And so they created something that they, that, that what would happen is for three weeks prior to a marriage happening, okay, someone would announce the wedding. And for three weeks they would say, these people are getting married. These people, if anyone knows these people, just so you know, these people are getting married. And it would, the hope was that it would give time for anyone in that village or in that town to go on to the next town, especially if they were from that town, and go, wait, aren't you married to that guy? I'm pretty sure I just heard an announcement that you were 
wait, I'm confused. I should go back and tell them and, and, and say something rather than be quiet. I should, go, I should go say something instead of being silent. I should go say something rather than holding my peace. And so, so they would go back and say something. And, 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 and make sure. And then during the wedding, this was the last, last ditch effort during the wedding was to say the same thing. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Say something or be at peace with it. Say something or be at peace with whatever is happening. Speak up or just realize it's going to be okay. Be at peace with it. Hold on to your peace. So it's not P-I-E-C-E. I almost misspelled it. I don't know how, but I almost did. It's not, it's not like it, 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 is, it is the peace. Hey, are you going to be okay with this? You either need to say something or you need to be at peace right now. And so Moses stands up and says, hey, the Lord will fight for us. You just need to hold your peace you need to either say something which you guys have already done in the prior verses you've really laid it on thick I hear what you're saying but what I need you to do is hold your peace I need you to be okay with what God is about to do see I think so many times we hold our problem rather than hold our peace we hold the situation we are in rather than the God we serve. We, we, we base our life upon what is happening around us rather than what God is doing in us. And we begin to speak out of turn. And we begin to say things like, I told you so. We begin to say things like, did you just bring me here to die? And we can say that to God. We can say that to people. We can say that to people who have nothing to do with what's going on. And we can just say because we're afraid or because of whatever it is. We just, we just can't help it. And we will say something. And Moses stands up in the middle of all this and says, hey, say something or hold your peace. And I think that's what God is trying to get at here. I think that's what Moses is trying to get Hey, you guys are just talking and talking and talking and talking. I need you to understand Hold your peace. Hold on to the very presence of God. Hold on that God actually is going to do something in this moment. I know you feel like your back is against the water, right? You feel like there's no way out. I understand that. And you can just say something and say something and say something, or you can hold your peace, and you can trust your God, and you can be still. Now, now, the problem with many of us is we don't read the next verse because what we tend to do is we hear that, be still. And we think that that means we have no battles to fight. We, we hear that, be still, and we think that means there's nothing that we're going to have to walk through. We hear, be still, and we think we don't have to do a thing. But here, let me just let you in on a little secret. Be still is so that you can be quiet enough to hear God speak on what you should do next. Be still so you can be quiet enough to hear God speak about who you are. 
so you can be confident in what you're about to do. It, be still so you can be still long enough for God to give you a word or give you a thought or speak into your heart. Let the Holy Spirit actually begin to renew some things, to strengthen some things, to encourage you in some things, to help you stand tall, to make sure you understand, I'm going to show up in this situation. Because the next verse, we hear Moses say, be still and hold your peace. The very next verse of Exodus chapter 14 says this, then the Lord said, so Moses gets everybody to be still, be quiet, calm down, hold your peace, be okay with what is happening, not happy about it, but understanding that I have not left you, and I am not about to leave you, I didn't bring you out into this place that you might die in this place, I, I am with you, so then the Lord said, to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move. They had to be quiet long enough for God to actually speak into the people, to speak into Moses and say, okay, it's time for you to stop saying something. It's time for you to stop crying out. It's time for you to hold on to your peace and let's move. Now then he says something that's a bit crazy. Raise your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. As we were singing that song uh, just a moment ago, uh, we, we, we heard this part about um, what, I, what I see. And in fact, uh, Christina addressed it and said sometimes it's hard because we, what we see is, is hard and we don't know what to do about it, and we don't know what to deal with. We don't know how to deal with it. And maybe some of us, we really are with our backs against it. We really don't know what to do about what's happening. We really don't know what to do about what's going on. We, we are really up against it. We, we might actually be up against what we would call a Red Sea. We might actually think that there is no way out of where we are, that there is nothing that's going to change this. Nothing is going to shift this. Nothing is going to move this. Nothing is going to break this. There's absolutely no way to get past what is behind us or what is in front of us. And God says, hey, hey, now that you've been still, now that you've been quiet, now that you've held on to your peace, I want you to move. And you know where I want you to move? It's not into the, 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 uh, the Pharaoh's army. It's not into the Egyptian army. That's not where I want you to move. I want you to move into the thing that you thought was absolutely the, the, the thing that was holding you in. I want you to move into the thing that actually you thought was going to keep you hemmed in forever. That was actually the reason Pharaoh was going to be able to catch up to you. I, I want you to move into the very thing that you thought was the problem, that you thought was the issue, that you thought was your barrier. And he says, I want Moses, I want you to, to raise your staff and the, the seas will split and the ground will be dry and I want the Israelites to walk through on dry ground. It's it, 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 it challenging sometimes, I know, for us to, to hold on to our peace. It's, it's challenging sometimes when we're in the midst of a problem to not hold on to our problem, to not hold on to our situation, to not hold on to the circumstance, to not hold on to the feelings we have about it, to not hold on to the, the frustrations we might be walking through, to not hold on to the, I told you so, I knew this was going to be different, I knew that this wasn't going to work, I knew that. It can be challenging sometimes. And maybe that's why we've started this 21 days of prayer in this, this mode of be still. 
be quiet, be silent, be at peace. Hold your peace. Do not let go of your peace. Because whatever seems like a problem, whatever seems like an issue, I need you to hold your peace long enough for me to show you that I'm greater than whatever you are walking through. And I, I, I just can't tell you. That I, I bet that felt like an eternity for them. I mean, I can't imagine having gotten out of Egypt and looking at the Egyptian army coming after you. And, and, and Moses says, hey, do not be afraid. Be still. Hold your peace. The Lord will set you free. The army you see before you, you will never see again. I, I, I can't imagine how long it took. I don't even know what, how long between verse uh, the Moses verse and the Lord speaking verse was. I'm not even sure. It could have been immediate. It could have been a few minutes. God could have been really about to suspense and like really held out even longer. I don't know what it felt like. I'm not sure. I just know whatever, however long it was, it probably felt longer than it was. I'm sure however difficult it was in the moment, it probably felt more difficult. It probably, everything was probably uh, much more than they thought it was. It probably felt like this is taking forever. I don't know what we're going to do. And Moses is challenged to them, speaking to their fear out of his faith. Hold your peace. And then God sets them free through the very thing that they thought was holding them in. God brings freedom through the very thing that they thought was the the issue at hand. Sometimes we have to be still long enough for us to, to hear God's voice, to hear God speak. He says, move. Move. I, I, I get it. It's hard sometimes because when I start praying and when I decide to be still, I just want to move again. But maybe that's how this is meant to work, isn't it? Maybe it's meant to work. That's why the Sabbath and rest is so important. Maybe there's a moment in every day where you're meant to be still so that you can get ready to move again. Maybe there's a moment in every week where you're meant to be still so God can get you ready to move again. Maybe there's a season in your life where you're meant to be still so God can move again. Maybe, just maybe, he wants you to be still for a moment. Not forever, but for a moment so that he can move you into whatever is next. But if you can't be still long enough to hold your peace long enough, if you can't hold your peace in the midst of every trial and situation, then there will be moments where you, where you get out of sorts and you will be fearful and you'll keep moving and you'll keep shaking and you'll keep knocking around everything that God was meaning to work through. And some of you are in the middle of a problem. That's why this song that they sang today, this is how I fight my battles. For some of you guys, you were singing it and you were like, I don't, what do you mean this is? I don't even, I don't even know how. What do, you, what do you mean this is how I fight my battles? It means this. This is how I fight my battles. Looking to you. This is how I fight my battles. Holding my peace. This is how I fight my battles. Staying in your presence. This is how I fight my battles. Staying where you are. I'm not leaving from here. I'm going to stay connected to you. I'm not going to stop praising you. I'm not going to stop worshiping you. I'm going to be still long enough to remember that you set me free from Egypt when no one thought it was possible. I'm going to be still long enough that, that you, you use me like you use Moses when nobody thought that would work. I'm going to be still long enough to know that you have something for me, but I may not know it right away, and I need need to hold my peace. 
I don't want to be stuck saying something all the time. I want to hold my peace so that you can say something. I want to hold my peace so you can speak something. I want to hold my peace so you can speak into my heart and to my life. And it may not come as quickly as I want or even as clearly or in a much easier and simpler way than walk through a sea. But it will come. And it will be on time. But I need to hold my peace. I need to hold on to the presence of God. See, peace is, is, is not the absence of conflict, is it? I've I, I found the more I've run from conflict, the more I find it. I, it's, it's funny. It just always seems to be everywhere, right? There's always an opportunity for conflict or for stress or for frustration. Uh, there's always that. It's always there. I was just talking with a young guy uh, lives on the other cross, across the world, and I was talking through him on Instagram. Was, this is weird. Technology is crazy, y'all. And uh, we're just sitting there talking on the phone, and, and he's, uh, uh, he's on the other side of the world, and he's talking about how he had just moved from the States back home, and, and, uh, and he thought that this was going to fix everything, or he thought that it was just going to be easy to step into the next thing. And, 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 and sure enough, he found challenges. He found conflict. He found situations that he didn't like. Same way he had found here. And he's not saying this was bad. He's, it was a good time here. But he found challenges. And then he went home thinking, oh, man, I've, I've moved past all the challenges. I've moved past all the situations. I've moved past all the conflict. I've moved past all the, no, no, no. You really never move on from the challenges of life. You really never move on from some, some situations that aren't to your liking. You, that never really goes away. Peace isn't that everything just goes away. Peace, ultimately, is that the presence of God is with you. Peace is that God is with you in the midst of whatever you're going through. That God does not leave you and that God does not forsake you. And there may be times where he silences the waves and there may be times where he splits the Red Sea. But in the midst of all of it, you know that God is with you. And if you would be still in who he is, if you would hold uh, your peace in the midst of who he is, he will speak into whatever it is you are to do. And it may not look like what you wanted it to look like. It may not look like, they probably wanted some other way out rather than through the Pharaoh's army or through the Red Sea. They probably were hoping that there was some like secret passageway that nobody knew about that God had put there a long time ago. And, but God goes, no, 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 how about you turn around? The problem you think is the problem is actually the very thing that I'm going to take you through. Because remember, God does what he does in your life for his glory. God does what he does in your life for his praise. So he, he wasn't going to help them build a boat that they might look around and go, man, we are some good boat builders, right? And we did that super fast. No, he said, I'm going to do something that no one could ever take away from you or me, that I would get the glory and the praise. And he started this off at the very beginning of the chapter, speaking to Moses and saying, I will be glorified through this. I know some of you guys are in that situation. You are in that place. And you're going, I have no way out. I have no chance. This is not what I signed up for. This is not what I thought freedom looked like. This is not what I thought walking with God looked like. This is not it. And today I'm not trying to give you to do something. I'm trying to get you to hold on to something. To be still in the presence of God. To be still in his perfect peace hold on to his peace, not to hold on to your problem.
not to let your problem define your decisions, but to let his peace define your decisions. So we fight our battles by keeping him in them. We fight our battles by continuing to recognize him in the midst of them. We fight our battles by continuing to lift up the name of Jesus in the midst of the situations we face. That's how we fight our battles. We may look like we are surrounded, but he is surrounding us. In fact, if you read on in the story, you hear about uh, the pillar of smoke and the fire. You see these, this amazing imagery of God's presence surrounding the people of Israel. I, wanna, I do want to sing that song again. I don't know if it's possible. Are we able to sing that song again? I think there's probably some of this band can come on up. You guys are always waiting for me. I appreciate that. I want to just pray for a moment because I don't know where you're at and I don't know what you're walking through and I don't know the situation you find yourself in. Um, some of you might not be looking at a battle that you think is too big or too difficult. Some of you might be looking at a situation that is uh, far greater than you would have ever imagined. Something you never thought possible. Something you never thought would come against you. Never thought this would be the battle you would be fighting. And maybe today, maybe to start the new year. Because I know for some of you, you already need a restart, right? For some of you, you already need to start over. And for some of you, today is an opportunity for you to go, this, this is how I'm going to fight my battles. This is going, how I'm going to step into my new year. This is how I'm going to press on. This is how I'm going to make it. This this, I'm going to lift up Jesus. I'm going, to, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to hold my peace in the midst of my situation, in the midst of my storm, in the midst of my, my, my circumstance, in the midst of my frustration, in the midst of all that I'm doing, in the midst of everything that's been done. I will hold on to peace.